You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that if you're going to be making any purchases on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, please go to www.9to5.cc first and click the links in the sidebar or at the bottom of the page to support the site. It makes no difference to you, but it really helps us out a lot. Enjoy the show. Thanks. special this is the fifth episode yeah. but there's a fourth lost episode so this is actually the fourth episode of i think we should still call it the fifth one still i feel like one. i put the work in to make this into the fifth episode yeah exactly there's a lost episode maybe yeah. maybe we're like our producers are gonna find it for us and it'll be like the lost episode put it on yeah. the dvd yeah that'll be super cool yeah it's a special feature no but this is actually a very special day because we did something we haven't done on any other day which is like break up yeah we uh, we split the, the nine to five team into two distinct groups of one person each that's right for the, for the first films and then uh and then we got back together to watch another film the films uh that we watched tonight were mm-hmm. uh you watched a muck i sure did uh i watched and it's a muck a-m-o-k not a muck like that's how you spell it right. when you run a muck a-m-o-k really? huh I thought yeah it was like a muck i thought there was maybe a c in there i'm an idiot though no, no, no! It's totally a muck. A M O K. All right. Oh no! Wait, I have no idea. Yeah, now we're confused. I, I have to like <laughs> type it to like feel. Like yeah, it's I don't right know. Run a muck like it looks. Anyway, whatever. Whatever. Um, that was a Canadian premiere, or um, yeah, Canadian premiere, uh, uh, Filipino cinema. Cool. Uh, I watched the world premiere of Alter Egos. Mm-hmm. And then together we saw the Canadian premiere of Jackpot. Yeah. So I guess we'll talk about your uh, your film first, a muck. Yeah. Okay. So a muck was. Um, I guess like a group. Okay, so first off, it's filmed in Manila, capital of the Philippines. It right. um, is like centered in this district called the Pasay Rotonda, okay. which is like the um, the like busiest marketplace of uh, Manila, and um, it's one of those like ensemble pieces that focuses like uh, a short part of the opening sequence will be focused on like one group of people, another group of people, another group of people, another group of people, and then some events bring them all together in a dramatic okay. sense. Like right. that that like setup for a film has been done. I'll uh, say a film like Go or like Pulp Fiction-ish kind of maybe. Maybe not like... Even, even Pulp Fiction is not bad because it does a little bit of the time jumpy stuff okay. to like build dramatic sense. So right. that was pretty cool. Um, I guess I don't want to spoil anything. So all that you need to know is that there's a ton of different characters. The, right. the film... What, what I mean, kind of a film is it? Like a thriller or is it... Uh... A little bit more of a thriller, but... Um, the film really takes like I guess if, imagine if the film was 90 minutes long it right. takes 70 minutes of setup so it drags a little bit at the start when you're like meeting all these different characters and presumably a lot of these characters are like archetypes of the people of Manila to give you a sense of the I don't know what life is like in the Philippines okay, so there so was like a very wide what, swath what kind of, of people are in Manila sorry like um, it just like I mean I, I didn't see this film obviously yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. I'm just trying to view the, like from the listener if I was sure. like who why why am I going to see this why are you going to see this? Yeah, because I mean, like, I can, like, why would I go see this movie from the Philippines? Not, okay, not to like, so look, sound like you're super narrow minded. You're gonna get a you're... taste of what what life and the people are like in the Philippines. Okay, and and it's also, I mean, I'm I'm assuming this was filmed on location, so you get a lot of the visuals of what that the city actually looks like, what okay. they're like scurrying masses of people, what it looks when, like when somebody is drinking Fanta out of a bag, 
Like these I, are things that that happen in the film. The you characters to, you have to go there to get Fanta in a bag. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I guess it's in Bangkok too, but maybe the um the characters are pretty wide ranging. There's like the blind homeless person. There's right. the incredibly flaming homosexual couple. There's the um, failed actor who has sex with a transvestite and then gets angry because he thought it was a real woman. There's the um, the like father and son arguing about the son's future. Okay. And and I guess because I mean if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, at least from like various documentaries and this stuff yeah. that I've seen, a lot of people just want to get the fuck out, right? So it's like, if like the son, it, does, has, it doesn't hit that size of. Well, scope. but if the, but if yeah. he's worried about his son's future, sort of thing, like if he yeah. fucks up his future, he doesn't get to, you know, presumably not necessarily get out of the Philippines, but like, yeah, it's easy to fall low in the Philippines as sure. opposed to like and, and rise if, above whatever. Every one of these characters gets like five ten minutes of screen time to like get their little story put out okay. before the drama brings them all together. Okay, so it's like little vignettes come together in a, in a big film. Who and would you, you, get, who you, would you recommend this for? I, I think yes, but again like with reservations. Like you, you can't just like sit down and watch this. You gotta be kind of like pumped to learn about Manila or pumped to like see this kind of a film done in this style. I think they're like the, the setup was a little bit too long, and okay. to the casual viewer, I think it would get really dry sitting through that period. Like, I could even feel the whole audience getting a little uncomfortable at how long it took to get to the, like, All right, here's explosion. Character. Here's another character. Oh, hey. So who's uh, who's your audience for this, if you had to pin an audience on it? Uh, anybody interested in um, the... Uh, the maybe the, would you, would you put it maybe, like a, maybe a little bit of a vice... Guide to travel onto this it, was or ve- this not... was very much a film. It wasn't it wasn't at all no, like no, no, a but documentary style. If you're into kind of like learning about stuff, if you're into yeah, maybe travel, maybe it's a stretch. It's a bit of a stretch because this stretch? is very much set up as a film. Okay, film. All right. Yeah. So not a, not a super strong recommendation. I'm not gonna make a glowing re- recommendation for everybody, but it was definitely fun and it, it had its moments. And right. if you if cool. you want something a little different, you can go for this. Awesome. I you saw went to go see uh, Alter Egos. Yeah, directed this, a lot by of hype. A lot of hype with this one. Jordan Galland. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. is a uh, world premiere. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna <coughs> cough. I wanted to be my microphone, but I didn't make it in time. Uh, a couple of like, sort of like there were some big-ish names. Yeah. Like uh, that guy it? from the '70s show, right? Yeah, the guy from the '70s show, Danny Masterson. But yeah. also there was a John. Uh, Ventimiglia, okay. who played the dude in Final Destination Three, <laughs> like so it was like a little bit of like a, you know, Fantasia okay. regular. Yeah. Uh, also, Joey Kern uh. played in Cabin in not Cabin in the Woods, Cabin Fever from okay. Eli Roth. So wow. it's not like like they're not like superstars, <laughs> but they're like, and they're they play the two main characters like Danny Masterson. Coming on up, right? It's supporting. Yeah, it's yeah. it's cool though. And the uh, the premise of this movie is. Um, Basically, what if like like there are superheroes? Mm-hmm. It's like established. They're not vigilantes. Okay. They have actual powers. Kay. Being a superhero is like a government job. Wait, like big superpowers, like Superman or like Green Lantern it, or well, whatever. Well, they they say that everybody only gets to have one power. Right. The the powers that you sort of see in the the movie, uh, like Xanth. Someone's like a healer. Someone is a uh, can shoot ice things. Right. Xanth is, I think, way too nerdy and geeky to really talk about. Really? On this, oh. Maybe on 90s. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is quite a... If you don't know what Xanth is, it's a Piers Anthony book. Right? Okay, no, no. How about Heroes, time. the TV show? Like that. Everybody gets one, and some yeah. of them are big, some of them are small. Yeah, yeah. Ba- yeah. Basically, you could, almo- you could almost put it into the future of the film Heroes. Okay. 
where it establishes some people have powers. If yeah. you want to use those powers, it's not really like the, the mechanics of it aren't really explained. Yeah. But if you want to use those powers, it's sort of implied that you need to become a, like a registered superhero. Okay. And when you are a reg- like registered superhero, it is like a government job. You still wear a costume and all that <laughs> stuff. But okay. and the film, like and this is you know before we get into any spoilers, yeah. Sort of like sets up in like the first five minutes that uh, public opinion has kind of swayed against them. Right. Because they've like locked up the last supervillain like a decade ago. Huh. So, like, anybody who has powers who would use them for evil, the good ones have stopped them all. So, like, everyone's like, why are we... Why would you still get costumed up? And and why are you, like, why are we spending government funds so these guys can run around in their costumes and not have a real job? Right, like how New York might have gotten a little damaged in the Avengers, you know? There's, there's consequences to people with yeah, superpowers yeah, yeah, running yeah, 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 around, yeah, yeah, and know? stuff like that. So, yeah. but, um, so it just really presents, like, the being a superhero in a really, like, mundane way. Like, it's these huh. dudes who are, like... Public opinion is kind of turned against them, but they still have a job. Like, they have a mission that's given to them from Captain Amazingness or yeah. whatever. <laughs> Not a Captain Amazing. Captain right. Amazingness. And they just got to go about their day-to-day lives. And, like, there's a lot of um, – That's quite the twist. I can't think of another film that makes superpowers mundane. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and on top of that, too, like, they even talk about, like, like low-grade superpowers and, like, high-grade superpowers right. or whatever else. I mean, it's in the trailer, so um, it's not – Again, not really a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Masterson's like, you know, like I, I tried out for the Super Corps. You know, they didn't yeah. take me. I have a superpower. I could turn invisible. And he like reappears right away. He's like for two point three seconds. It's <laughs> 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 you know, right. just like a really, really like yeah. shitty superpower. But it's like it's all right. Sometimes it might, it might come up. Yeah, exactly. But like yeah. not good enough to register yourself as a like trained Super crime fighter. Superhero. You know? <laughs> you know? So, uh, but yeah, but the, the the comedy comes from the. More like the the neuroses of the main character, his character okay. named Fridge, and that's the uh, the John uh, Ventimiglia guy, mm-hmm. I think. Um, where he's kind of like the the neuroses of him, like not sure of like does he identify himself more as a hero or as his alter ego, Brendan, whatever, and just okay. sort of like the weird like like I I said when we were talking to you, talking to you earlier, sort of likened it to a little bit of a Woody Allen style. I mean that is like huh. it's that's very high praise, very high praise, very and high. It, it's not Woody Allen writing yeah but in terms of like where the comedy comes from it comes from those like awkward kind of like neurotic moments very um, much more about the characters than about the fact that they have superpowers yeah exactly yeah. like it's not like uh like super side splitting comedy it's just more right. like like awkward like hilarious sort of like uh, like not hilarious and like the laughing at like slapstick or anything okay. there aren't really jokes it's just sort of you laugh at these characters because they're going through like funny situations not because we're, we're both serious. like super huge fans of the movie super does right. this thing compare at all to it in any way completely different okay like completely different because like i said they're they're, they're not vigilantes it doesn't get overly violent it mm-hmm. uh kick-ass maybe not even kick-ass because no? kick-ass was still like cinematic still cinematic yeah. like, like i think there's there isn't i, I guess I, I don't want to really spoil it and see, yeah. tell you yeah. where the film heads but the the comedy comes from more about like the boringness and I mean again if you look at the the, the photo of it in the Fantasia book or you yeah. go online or whatever it's like the two guys in their costumes sitting there at a coffee shop having like just coffee okay would you recommend Who, who's the I, target I would recommend yeah. if you look at that like and then that, that ties in our recommendation if you look yeah. at that photo and think that that situation is like chuckle worthy <laughs> like that's the film right like I mean I mean there's more to the film than that we'll talk about that later yeah. but it's just sort of like like the comedy comes from that sort of a a scenario. You look at that, and if you think that's funny, yeah, you probably will find this. Movie. Are, are chuckles the best that it gets? Like, you, mm. that's not very high praise for a comedy. But, it, but like I'm saying, like, when have you ever laughed out loud at like a Woody Allen film? I fucking loved Midnight in Paris. Yeah, I Midnight in Paris is a little bit different, and you're just laughing at Hemingway. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <And> like, Zelda. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just sort of like, you don't really laugh out loud. It's more like, <laughs> like... Okay. It's kind like, of funny. And if like you have, smug, superior, intellectual yeah, sniggering? Not really, but like, there's like stuff where, where you're sort of like, a character will like walk in a scene and at yeah. a time, and like before they even said anything, like, the situation is set up to be awkward enough that right. you're already kind of like giggling. And like it just holds the giggle for like, if you can hold a giggle for a few minutes of yeah. screen. Sure, that's good. That's, like, a, that's a laugh out loud moment. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. the equivalent of a laugh out loud yeah. moment. It's yeah. a whole like, thing sort of like pile on top of each other. Okay, sounds uh, pretty good. Yeah. Um... I guess we could talk about this on on the thing. Do you want yeah. to put the short films at the end? I guess we could talk about. Yeah, we'll or do it. We'll do it in the section in the spoiler section. Yeah, because you can't end. really talk about short without end. spoiling it. I suppose. That's right. <laughs> and Jackpot. Jackpot, which is our second film. We of saw it together. The Netherlands spotlight, right? Or Netherlands Nor- Norwegian spotlight? Um, it, so says it, it says it. It says it in the middle. Up of in the north. This was like sp- uh, Denmark slash Norway spotlight, and it was a Canadian premiere. Yep. Uh, and it was Norwegian. Norwegian. There we go. And it takes place on the border of Norway and Sweden. Correct. And what would you say about it, John? I think this was a great film. I think this was fucking hilarious. It's this, super funny. As far as, like, good quality films coming out of Northern Europe that are... At this movie, there is no way this thing is not in the process or about to be in the process of being turned into an American remake that is going to be set in London or something and is going to, like, yep. attract way more audience than this. This was like a grade A Hollywood level one comedy that yep. was done with super low budget and with Norwegian actors in Norway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that uh, if you were to add slickness to some of the action scenes, mm-hmm. you'd have a Guy Ritchie movie, basically. Uh, that's what this was. Every time anybody yep. asked me, like, what is Jackpot? Why are you going to see this? And I was mm-hmm. like, well, it's basically Lock, Stock, Two Smoking Barrels, but done by Norwegians. And yep. I was like, that that like prediction was a thousand percent accurate. And again, if you don't want to talk about spoilers, you've yep. seen the trailer, you just sort of know what the film is about. It's about yep. four ne'er-do-wells of various degrees of ne'er-do-welling, I suppose. Ne'er-do-welledness. <laughs> yeah. Ne'er-do-welledness. Uh, who basically, well, they win a sports bet, the equivalent of winning the lottery, 1.7 million kroners, and then like getting, I guess, mixed up in the fact that because they're, because they're ne'er-do-wells, yeah. They they have some ties to organized crime and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, the recommendation is pretty easy. Like we already said, basically, if you Guy, if Guy you, Ritchie, Snatch, Lockstock, Layer Cake, any kind of. If you like crime movies where it's violent and funny and yep. guys get into way way into over their heads in with the mob and yep. shenanigans occur, this movie will appeal to you. And this was done spectacularly. Right. Or you can wait three years for the American remake, which yeah. is absolutely one hundred percent coming. Oh uh, yeah, it would be. I'd be shockingly surprised. And if it wasn't, you and I should find a way to get a couple million dollars and make <laughs> yeah, it happen because we'll, get a few we'll million fucking bucks. get rich off our asses. All right. Um, so now we're going to, I guess, go spoilers. I don't know if there's there's much to spoil about Amok. If you said that everything came together. Oh, no, no. There's know. a shitload to spoil. Okay. Okay. So, so I'm going to I'm gonna spoil the crap out of Amok. But before I do, I want to do it like a quickie little shout out to We the Masses. And, and this was the, the short that played before, right? Yeah. From Ireland. Um this was like super dark. I didn't really know what to think of this thing when it came up on the screen. So it's like an animated short about little characters who appear to be living in purgatory going through these like repetitive motions. Okay. This one character who's going through the scenery, it's all black and white and there's just like snow blowing all over the place. It's like this frozen wasteland. The guy's like wandering across it, running into other little characters he beat, he runs into a guy who's just kicking a dead horse over and over and over again, wow. and then he like walks on by, and then he runs into a guy, these guys who are like standing in a, in a like a semi-forested glade, rolling in the snow, looking depressed. It's like super fucking weird. I didn't, I like, I really tried hard to find some interpretation. Maybe after I sleep on it, I'll come with something else. This is very interesting. If this thing is up on YouTube, you should check it out if you're into something like dark. 
We the masses. All right. All right. So anyway, Amok, um, here's the, the big the big climax is that two two or three of the guys who are like one of the sets of okay. characters that get run into, these three guys are shooting a game of pool okay. for money. One of the guys loses, pulls a gun on the other guy, refuses to pay his debt, and then runs off. Right. Okay, and then this catalyzes the guy who had the gun pulled on him. Like it's a very, very graphic, very gripping scene where he st- he like he has it pulled on him. He's super chill. He's no problem. The guy walks away and he just starts like throwing up uncontrollably and crying and just it's like very, very emotional. And then he's so wait, the guy who has the gun pulled on him or the guy who pulled the gun. The guy who had the gun pulled on him, right? Okay. Like the guy, so the like, guy who pulls wa- the gun walks away like a boss. Walks and away then like a boss. And okay. Yeah. And then um no no the guy who had the gun pulled on him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so so you're, walks, pointing, yeah. you're pointing the gun at me. Yeah. Then I walk into another room like a boss, but then vomit uncontrolled. Exactly. Okay, gotcha. So and then and then he's like, as he's like dealing with this emotional stuff, he tracks down his friend or whatever who pulled the gun on him, stabs him repeatedly, and then the guy pulls his gun, and then like every every time he pulls the trigger, it fires like one out of seven times because okay. it's just like misfire click, after click, misfire click, click, and click, it's all like click, 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 click. exactly yeah. and he chases the guy through the, the marketplace that all of the other characters of the story have been getting like assembled into right. and one by one some of them get shot some of them don't get shot some of them get shot and it's like little kids old men the guy who's like just talking about his marriage the fucking whatever like you, you don't know who out of them is gonna get shot into this thing and the drama is fucking intense after that point point. and wow, okay. from the moment that, that like the from the moment that pool game starts and this is so cool. They're playing pool, but they don't have balls. It's like a like a slate table okay. with little discs floating on it. It's clearly it's like the ghettoest pool table in the right, world. Right, right. Welcome to Manila. <laughs> and um, but like from the moment that pool game starts, the tension is like ratcheted up to eleven, and it, and the movie sticks it all the way through to the end. And it's really like a thirty minute section of that. But wow, that's really. Cool. I'm so like I was so disappointed at the early section. If they had just like trimmed it a little bit, yeah, it would have flown. And I even kind of feel like the the acting was good. And the direction was like not not perfect, but it like it it got you into the scenes. The problem was that the translations were very simplistic, and I feel like it's possible we missed a lot of what was going on. Yeah, especially if there was some slang and stuff well, getting it, thrown around. It's, like. It was in. I'm pretty sure the language is Tagalog. Okay. And it's like a like an English um, hybrid, whatever. What do they what do they call this language? Like um. Uh, I know like Creole. Mean. It's a Creole. So it's like oh, a language that's to French. Tagalog is too English. Creole is like a term to, to refer to like a language category that is formed of different... Creole is a language. It is also a language, but okay. a Creole is also in linguistics. Anyway, whatever. So, But it has like vocabulary that like is clearly like Spanish and English mixed into it as it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, okay. And um, I get the feeling like there's a lot of subtlety that was lost that probably would have made those scenes better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Like if you if you if you pick up this film and I, I I think it's probably worth it if you do if you can like you gotta stick through an hour and a bit of like very slow character development to get into this like very gripping high impact. Well, yeah, I, I guess so. I guess the goal of the film is to make you care about these people so that you're like, oh, the yeah. the husband died. Oh, the wife died. Oh, the oh, this one survived. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I didn't feel as connected as probably I would have if I had been more invested in the characters. Right. Poss- so possibly from the subtitling. Possibly from the subtitling. Right. So still. Hard, yep. Not to say hard to watch, but like you really need to sit down and invest into it to get to the payoff to at the end. The but once it's there, it's pretty good. Cool. Yeah, that's neat. I'm not going to spoil anything about who gets shot and who doesn't because it's not really relevant. But yeah, yeah, yeah. well, um, then I, and I guess and that's probably the message of the film. Really, is that it doesn't. They, they refer a lot of the characters refer back to chance. Yeah. And I'm assuming that's like a bad translation of some like really metaphorical, intimate part of like Filipino culture. That, well, not that this, I don't know. Does, it maybe, doesn't even maybe. have to be like. Yeah. I mean, like if you. 
this is going to get really, I guess, gruesome. Like, if yeah. you think of, like, any sort of, like, public shooting situation or whatever, you could just make a film about the people who were there, and some of them live and some of them die. Yep. And, like, yep. I guess that's just part of life. It's, sh- like, a shitty, Shit happens. shitty element yeah. of life. Yeah, so it doesn't necessarily need to be, like, a deeper sense of chance. It could just be shit happens. Yep. Like. Like Man, I really hope people got to this part of the podcast if they wanted to learn more about Amok, because I didn't say that much about it at the start, because I would have spoiled basically yeah, the whole film. Without, uh, that's okay. I mean, but if, right. if people are worried about spoilers, yeah, then they would probably go see the film, right? Maybe. Yeah. Right. Uh, then I'm going to go see Alter Egos. It yes. had two two short films that screen in front of it. Okay. The the first one was uh, the one that is not in the book. Yeah. Of the Fantasia book, and we couldn't find it on the Fantasia site. I so if I'm wrong on the title, I feel really shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Super Ego, okay. and it's a Quebec film that was based. Uh, apparently, there was like some sort of a contest or whatever else like that to mm-hmm. make a short film based on a synopsis from the Fantasia books, huh. or from the Fantasia like website or whatever else like that. So this film was like just made, uh-huh. like like literally like hot off the presses. They were saying <laughs> like, like maybe like a couple weeks ago, yeah, uh, about alter egos, and it's Interesting. like the, this girl at a. Um, She's like she meets she's meeting superheroes at okay. uh, at like a diner. Yeah. Like these like equally sort of like shitty superheroes. Like one of them is just sort of like I have a perfect understanding of the infinite. <laughs> this makes me the greatest poet imaginable. Amazing. <laughs> you know? And then it's like and she's like how do you know? Well, because I have a perfect understanding of the infinite. Like yeah. nobody could describe it as good as me. So I know I'm the best poet. You know, like <laughs> whatever. So it's like these like really yeah. like shitty kind of like powers and stuff. Yeah. And she like. Like one, like she's going through one by one, and then the last guy, uh, she gets to like tear his own heart out because he's like, "I give my heart to you, like fully." And she's like, "Well, then give me your heart, yeah. you know." And like whatever his power, I guess, like does it. So she was just sort of like, she gets on the phone and she's like, "That's the last one." She's like, "I think we can go after Fridge now." And Fridge is the name of the character. In, yeah, the main character. The main character in Alter Egos. Yeah. So it was kind of cool. Like, but even the the director of Alter Egos was like, "So." There's like a movie that is kind of about my movie before my <laughs> movies ever come out because this is the world premiere. He's like, this is really weird. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, exactly. So it was yeah. like they, they just like picked up the synopsis of Alter Egos and then made a movie based made on a movie it. in like sort of set in the same world right. of Alter Egos, which I thought was kind That's of That's cool. astonishingly clever. Yeah, it was really cute. I would I would be so like proud of yeah. having like a bunch of people do that to my movie. Yeah, I'd be like, yay. yay. The other film was a film by Zachary Rothman called okay. Alchemy and Other Imperfections. Okay. This is a film that if you can take a look at it on YouTube, yeah. uh, do so. Yep. Just because I don't, I mean, I'm assuming the cost means he didn't pay his actors, he edited it, he didn't pay CG or whatever else like that, but according to him in the introduction of the movie, he made this film for $800. Wow. It does not look like it. But I mean, I guess nobody got paid yeah, to work yeah. on it because there were like some effect shots like little like light effects and stuff the film was like really well written even hmm. uh, like, like the voice sound quality was amazing well shot and stuff and it was kind of about like this couple um, who you sort of see that they maybe there was like some sort of a miscarriage or whatever okay. between the couple and then one of them turns to alchemy and the other turns to like steampunkiness and then they're not even talking to each other anymore and uh-huh. she's trying to like she tries to create a serum to like erase a single point of his memory so like if he, she tries to get him to drink it and then show him a picture yeah of the baby like of the ultrasound to isolate that memory because if he's thinking about it after he drinks the serum he'll, he'll forget, forget it. about it yeah okay. so it's very like stylized and stuff it's, it's okay. cute like it's it's a lot more making somebody forget about their baby is cute well because they, they don't they don't even talk anymore like they don't even speak they're just like they're living in their home 
both going about their their things. Like, yeah. like she went into alchemy and he went into like huh. steampunk gear stuff, and they're not even communicating anymore over this incident. Totally fractured. So Interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's kind of a I guess what was what's that fucking movie? God damn it! With Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet and Eternal Sunshine. Okay. Sort oh, of like okay, like that okay, that kind yeah. of a, like if you really want to get rid of a bad memory. Maybe Why not it. try drugs? Yay, yeah. Or whatever. Or whatever this Bo- is. Both yeah. the shorts were, were a lot of fun. Alter okay. Egos. Yeah. Um, this bears mentioning that it is a, a Smodcast Pictures okay. film, which yeah. uh, when Kevin Smith brought out Red State and then also announced that he was going to, after he makes Hit Somebody, which is this hockey movie coming mm-hmm. out, he's no longer making movies. Film, movies. Yeah. yeah, he wants uh, what, to produce, right? He wants to produce and stuff, but he wants to give... Um, like I, I think his his exact words were just sort of like the he wants to create Smodcast Pictures, mm-hmm. which will become like the island of misfit toys for movies. He wants to like things that otherwise people wouldn't invest in, but he are kind of cool. In them. He wants yeah. to invest in and he wants to get them. He does it with I think it's Phase Four Pictures, if I'm not 100 percent mistaken. Okay. Um, and this is one of those movies. So this is like I don't know if he like gave them the money or if he just helped them with the distribution or whatever else like that. But is this the first one? It's the first one I've seen. Okay. I don't know if there there have been others. I didn't have time to to research it because we're right. recording this pretty much right on, after as we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but it, really like cool if that's how he managed. That's how they managed to get money for this, and that's how they managed to hook it up. That's okay. really I think pretty pretty cool of uh, everyone's. Say more about the Woody Allen thing. Man. That was really good. Right. So from the spoilers, like mm-hmm. the situations that you really like, you got to get to is the guy can't you can't um, like identify whether or not he is more comfortable as his, like, Brendan character mm-hmm. or as his French character. Superhero. And even, like, he... And, and on top of that, too, like, like some of the absurdity that they deal with in the movie is that, like, he puts on the little, like, the little white mask yeah. and, like, believes that, that, that he's, like, incognito. So then he, like, as his superhero... Uh, persona fridge fridge starts to like flirt with his girlfriend and then ends up like hooking up with his girlfriend as the superhero as the superhero and then he's like man his girlfriend's like cheating on me like you know like but with me and like and like <laughs> then they have like, then like the other guy is named see through yeah his power is to like see two through two one three seconds see through. no 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 he's not a superhero that okay. guy's just a guy who couldn't make the superhero core oh his okay, buddy okay. his buddy is uh is see through who can see through walls right that's it he just has X-ray vision sure and he's just sort of like well what. Like she's not really cheating on you, and he's like, no, but but she is because because it's not me because it's not me. It's yeah. like it's fridge, and then she's like, but you are fridge, and he's like, no, I'm Brendan, you know, and like yeah. you're having these like conversations which are like super funny, and then there's like later on in the film, like the he, like the, he confronts the girl about it, and she's yeah. like, you you're, you're clearly Brendan, yeah, like you put on that little mask, it's not like. It's not like I don't know who yeah, you are. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> like we've been dating for like two years. Like if you put on a little mask, like you don't even hide your face. Like it's <laughs> like his hair is out and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, how did you know? You know, like it's it, amazing. Yeah, exactly. Like they yeah. think it's completely like, you know. Yeah, take that, Superman. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. And then they think they're like the smartest ever, you know. And uh, and like I guess like some of it is they're, they're the whole like the whole entire subplot of the film is that the superhero core is trying to like rig the release of like a supervillain mm-hmm. or to possibly create a supervillain if they make Fridge kill someone or whatever else like that right. so that they can get government funding back for the superhero core. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, there's all this whole conspiracy plot and stuff. Like, okay. you, like you see how you're giggling. Like that, yeah, that's, yeah, it's delightful. That's kind of the stuff that you giggle. The whole entire thing takes place in a like, 
it's in an off season like Long Island motel okay. kind of thing. So there's like like the chairs are all up on the tables and stuff, and they're there because they have a supervillain to transport, and they can only transport him at night, and he needs to help with the transport as right. part of his superhero guild job or whatever else like that. It's like just like the mundaneness of being a superhero is. I think, like, continually hilarious. And, I totally agree. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's such a good angle to put on all these, like, superhero movies that are, like, way over the top that yeah. we're seeing now. Even, like, the Batman, which is supposed to be the, like, he's just a guy. Yeah. Way yeah. fucking over the top in the movie. Yeah, but, like, and this is really, like, like not only are they, they just dudes, like, the, the suits don't even look good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's clearly like, shit they put together themselves. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, exactly. It's, like, it's like fitted, and it's, like, a lot. And, like, they had, there's a lot of, like, really cool, like, little clips and whatever of, like, the news and whatever. And they were just, like, you see, like, a concerned mother being, like, yeah. they just change anywhere. Like, I look out of my bushes, and I see some guy half naked behind the tree. <laughs> What's he doing? He's putting on some tights. And that's okay because he's a superhero. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like stuff like that is like really fucking funny. So, yeah. like I said, it's not not really super, not really kick ass because both of those movies kind of go the vigilante angle. This goes yeah. just the like, like legitimate and mundane. Le- legitimate. It's and like mund- taking the bus, w- which is and like I said, they they put the last supervillain away like like ten years ago right. because they're like there's a bunch of superheroes that stop you. Like not that many people are gonna like turn to villainy because like all the heroes are just gonna show up and yeah. throw you into jail. And it's like and they also and then superheroes can't carry guns because then they'll be like. It'd be like cheating. It's sort of, yeah, exactly. But that's like government mandated and stuff. Right. Like it's, it's like it's really funny. And there's like, they're like, you know, don't aren't you supposed to help me? Like, well, no, I don't have to help you. Like, if I like if you were if you were getting beaten up or raped, well, then yes, I would have to help you. But I don't right. need to like help you like with this situation. Like you know, like, like carrying have, their groceries or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. it. It's like they have like certain like mandates and stuff. It like really really funny. And like I said, like the humor comes more from that like. Like people just sort of like talking about the situations and right. complaining about it. That's where the Woody Allen thing sort of like came up. Here's being... the big question. Can this thing breach into the category of people who would not normally enjoy a superhero movie? That's like the big challenge, right? I think so. Yeah? I th- I th- but I mean, you'd have to at least like, like the comedy comes from the fact that the Avengers would never have this problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like the comedy, or at least that they would never show it on screen. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like the comedy sort of comes from the fact that we're used to super. And I, I don't, you know what? I don't think it really fucking matters anymore. Now that like Avengers made a billion fucking dollars and yeah. Batman's making a billion fucking dollars, like a superhero film is not a, a subgenre mainstream anymore. Now, yeah. It's a mainstream fucking film. Okay. Everybody's seen Spider Man. Everybody's seen Batman. Everybody's seen the Avengers. Like, yeah. You don't need to be like a comic book guy to like this movie. You, Everybody okay. is a comic book guy now, or at least a superhero guy. Right. And now the shocking conclusion of Jackpot. 95 goes to Fantasia Jackpot. But first, there was also a short there. I'm going to make yes, there was. It. it was called Zakariasen Must Die. Yes. By Nor- another Norwegian film. This yep. was actually really long for a short. It's like 25 minutes long. Funny, though. Funny. It was very dark. Like, super dark. Okay, so here's basically the plot. There's this guy, Zakariasen, who is uh, basically like a super big tool. He like makes fun of he like makes fun of people he's shitty to his family he is hyper racist he's just a big jerk yep. and then all kinds of really shitty things happen to him and uh he gets murdered and dies yep <laughs> that's the that's the that's basically well, it. It, it's, it's it's he he gets chucked into a bandsaw and seems like he's maybe gonna, gonna live pull and through. then like everybody just sort of looks at each other and they're like let's just murder this guy and they do and then they high five each other and then the film closes with a shot of his daughter looking kind of sad because her daddy isn't coming home like 
it's it's like back and forth. It twists you between like wanting to root for this guy and being and hating him, and then like yep. you don't know where you stand anywhere yep. in the whole thing. Like Which, even though we've just spoiled every fucking twist of it, like I, I highly recommend checking this thing out. Well, it's it probably Zakariasen must die. Z a k a r i a s s e n. Zakariasen must die. Yeah, I mean I watching the film. I didn't know the title of it, but I knew he was going to die. Whether it be by accident or by yeah. murder or whatever else like that. Like, the film was very much like, you're like, how is this short going to wrap up? Going to be him getting killed. Yeah, either yeah. he, like, gets yeah. smashed yeah. into a car or whatever or else. Or something. But, I mean, but also, he's having a really shitty day. He sure was. Like, oh, my God. The scene where he walks in on his wife getting plowed by, by this, like, truck driver by guy. this kid truck driver. Yeah. And she looks at him and goes, like, what? <laughs> like, like, what, are you going to do something about gonna it? You going to do something? No. He walks over and picks up the papers he forgot and walks out. Uh, That's uh, the end of his relationship with his wife. Yep. That's the last time you ever saw her. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so And his daughter was adorable. Yep. Fucking northern northern kids. Adorable. Super adorable. All right, here we are. Jackpot. Jackpot. The movie that uh, will, you feel really confident will get remade. Absolutely. So the one thing that I will give it over fucking the... Um, the what do you call it? Lock, the Lockstock Snatch. And whatever else like yep. that. The, uh, the Guy Ritchie flicks is that... The characters are not so lovable, really. Like, like they're other than the main character who mm-hmm. just w- employs cons. Like, they're all convicts, and I mean, like you witness at least in the film, them like well, at least two of the guys murder mm-hmm. other guys. You yep. know, like and being horrible like people, or or pull guns on their friends, like yeah. in, like a legit thing. So, like in Lockstock, you're like, oh, it's a bunch of buddies or whatever. Like, yeah. as soon as they win the money, they pretty much stop being buddies. Mm-hmm. What, and and violently kill each other, like with like, like with, with a hammer. We, we've and we've they, totally disagreed about this sort of stuff before, but in the Guy Ritchie films, he pays he does the, like the drama theatrical type characters that are right. badass for the sake of being badass. Right. These guys, and 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 that's okay because it's like the Guy Ritchie verse where where all people are all like yeah. Well, I, sexy I find mobsters. in Longstock everybody are sexy mobsters except for the main characters. Yeah. <laughs> like all yeah. the all the other guys, like the guys who live across from them, are. I, I may be I may be thinking more of Snatch. That's all sex, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Snatch this, everybody's this, a badass. Yeah, well, not th- even except for again the main characters. They still have their Tommy, their, their Tommy moments. and Turkish. Not really. They're just sort of along for the ride. Like they Tom, maybe, Tommy was pretty shitty. Turkish had his moments, but only shitting on Tommy. <laughs> you know, like like, like the, always. It's always the main characters surrounded by over the top badasses. Okay. Well, anyway, I, I wanted to only say that to highlight just how much Jackpot's main characters were totally believable. They all yeah. sucked and fucked yep. things up and made bad decisions and were violent and they were just bad friends. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The second the money came into the picture, everything fell apart. Not because anybody else did anything, because they were all terrible to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> the uh, the big twist, and this is the foiler section so we could talk about it. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I thought was really, I guess, cleverly done is that, and like the, okay, so by the end of the film, everybody's dead except for the main guy. Yeah. Um, and the money is still at large, mm-hmm. and it's believed to be in possession of a guy who up until the last 10 minutes of the film wasn't even really implicated because the the setting for the film is the opening scene uh he's the the main guy is lying under a fat chick in a strip club everybody's fucking dead holding a shotgun holding a shotgun and the cops are like well we're gonna bring him for questioning and walk us through this happened <laughs> and he walks through the entire details of how he like went to go get beer when he came back two of the criminals had already killed the third criminal yeah and then, like, all these, like, fucking shenanigans, and, like, like they chop him up, and then they yeah. feed him into the the, 
the magical Christmas tree making <laughs> this, machine. This was so funny. Oh my god! Like, so put in the recycled plastic. All the deal is that they they hire convicts to work at this plastic recycling plant, mm-hmm. and the guy is like hiring a new convict, and he shows him around. So here's what we do here. Here's what we do here, and here's the big machine, and we just shove plastic in here. I don't know how it works, and but twink, little Christmas trees come out of it. Little plastic Christmas like trees. The noise. Thunk, thunk, thunk. <laughs> and every shot inside of that like plant. You see a guy like little, reach into a tube and like pull out pull a Christmas out little tree. Christmas trees. Amazing. Yeah, but anyway, so the whole shenaniganry of how they got to the strip club, how everybody died, how everyone was shot, and stuff yeah. like that. Then this other character who who shows up and is like, "Here's what I think happened," and portrays the main character as possibly the mastermind of the whole entire thing. Right. And you're like, "Is he bullshit? Is he not bullshit?" And then you're yeah. like, and then the little like the the thing that is like the big question mark is the pigsty because you're like, "Wait a second, mm-hmm. a body rolled out." Of the tanning bed into a pigsty into a pigsty, just by chance, like well, no, in 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 the the landlord's vision of this whole thing, they they purposefully threw the body into right. the pigsty to like. But in create... the story that he told the cop, right, 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 he was in the he because remember he wasn't there, he was in the car with with the other cop, right, so he couldn't have done it, so yeah. he couldn't have done it, yeah, so like it either the guy is a crazy mastermind, mm-hmm. or he's just he's telling the truth, or he's telling the truth. You know, like so it, what are you saying? Like, why is well, that a problem? Well, it's not a problem because you're like because then it's it just it calls sort of like into question like and like the truth sort of seems to be maybe in the middle mm-hmm. because he definitely wanted to screw his friends over because he did the bag switch with the girlfriend, right? Right. <laughs> so like his plan was to screw his friends over, maybe not to get them all killed. You notice I called that the second it happened on. Yeah, oh, yeah, like yeah, it was like, so like fucking bags, obvious. He goes back if, to the place. If that had been done in a Guy Ritchie film, that moment would have been handled just ever so slightly subtlier, and you wouldn't have maybe noticed it in the, like the split second it happened. Or, or it would have, and it would have been like a thing. Yeah, you know, like like they would have been like like showing the guy which like dun, dun, and like yeah, like, yeah. like like the bag <laughs> switch, and then you would have seen like the guy's nervousness about the bag or whatever. Like mm-hmm. if they were gonna show it that obviously, because they didn't really do anything to hide it. Like he just goes to the bar that gave him the bag in the first scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like just, that actually makes me think about something. The music in this film didn't play as significant a role as I feel music does in the traditional gangster good time film. Right. You know, like but, that, the, but that's because they weren't badasses. There were very few badass moments, right? Like, things go wrong constantly. Yeah, but you could still have music sexing it up. I, I, like, I, I, I almost feel this. It, it's like, like a consequence. I'm not going to say like a failure, but like a consequence of this being made like straight up in Norway without without contact into like the world cinema that it's just like they had I'm sure they had Norwegian music in there don't really remember it yeah. I'm sure that it would have clicked with Norway folk maybe Norwegians I guess so I guess yeah so either way I think uh, great movie great storyline enough little twists and turns or whatever and yeah. like, even that twist could have been like bigger like 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 the the where the real storyline yeah. is kind of thing you know and you're like uh, I I was pleased with this from front to back. I yeah, think, like, yeah. absolutely, this is going to get... They're going to throw Brad Pitt into it, and uh, they're going to make a fucking <laughs> Brad Pitt $200 million dollars off of a like, $70 million dollar movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun times. Yep. So, uh, tomorrow, what are we... I think I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know gay. if I'm going to... I don't mean gay. What I are you talking about? Nerd. You play D&D with me every other week. Yeah, I know, but I don't play any game that Jaime runs. Um, right. I'm going to go see, definitely, The Pact. Mm-hmm. And I'm maybe gonna go see Resolution. 
I really want to see Resolution. Yeah, I know. It's like fighting. I'm fighting with Dungeons and Dragons and Resolution tomorrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're gonna so see. if you change your mind, maybe we'll go see Resolution. Yep. But we'll see. We'll see cool. what happens. This was another episode of Nine to Five Ghost of Fantasia. If we handed, if you handed you flyers, huh? Huh? If I handed you a flyer tonight, make fun of me on the internet, please. Yeah. Or or praise me, but probably. Make fun I'd prefer of instead of either of those things that you just have a smug sense of satisfaction that you've been commented on. Oh yeah. On the internet. Looking at you. God, you know, line up. You know who you are. <laughs> Bye, guys. Please take the time to like us on Facebook. We are number 9to5dotcc, 9to5.cc on Facebook. And uh, also follow us on Twitter. We're at sign number 9to5cc number on Twitter. So uh, And also be sure to check back on the site for something on Mondays, probably. Uh, we have Zombies and Loathing After the Bomb usually on Tuesdays. We have a new comic in 9to5 Illustrated every Wednesday. A new podcast every week, usually on Thursday. It's either going to be a 90s or a Go Plug Yourselves. And on Fridays, we have fine arts with either Sophie and Scott. And, uh, you know, maybe John will even uh, contribute one of his mega articles at some point, too. You can only hope. All right, thanks. 9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening.